You gotta operate in truth, right? Operate in truth. Tell the truth. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Gator Truth, Florida Football Podcast. I'm Daniel, and on this episode, we're going to take a look back at the Gators' thrilling 49-7 victory in their home opener against the McNeese State Cowboys. It was a fun night in the swamp for those of us who were there. There were a few things, atmosphere, that were great, a few things I didn't really care for, such as they've replaced the Gator Always video. That is one of my favorite video packages. Unfortunately, that's no longer there. The new video, I thought it was all right. Maybe it'll grow on me, but to me, it just wasn't Gator Always. And of course, the LED lights, I think there are lots of cool things, including shutting off the lights for Won't Back Down, created a cool atmosphere. However, I really wish that we saw more of the orange and blue, and maybe we'll see that coming up this week against Tennessee. With that said, overall, good time. My nephew, it was his first game. He's five. He had a good time. So when Charlotte comes to town, if you're like, I don't want to take my kids to a big game like Tennessee, maybe give them a opportunity to see the Swamp and take them to the Charlotte game next week. With that said, let's go ahead and get a look at how the Gators did against the McNeese State Cowboys. And the first thing we're going to look at is, of course, during my preview, I said we wanted to see the procedural issues get solved. And as a whole, I believe they did. Obviously, on the first, you know, PAT, we snapped the ball over the holder's head, and that was an issue. Special teams still needs work, which is kind of weird. But this is also something that needs to get done. With that said, the other things that, we saw last week that were problems such as multiple guys with the same number on the field or only eight guys on a kick or field goal unit or all sorts of things seem to be ironed out at least for McNeese state on offense, you know, procedural issues such as the offensive line. We did a lot better with not too many false starts. We did have that false start where the whole team was or the whole line was called false starting. I believe that is due to a new um, due to a new center. Richie Leonard had moved to center at that point, I do believe, and probably just a miscommunication on snap count. It happens as you're rotating a lot of guys, getting a lot of guys snaps. Nothing that I'm really worried about there. And again, the procedural issues I did think were solved as a whole. With that said, on the things like the false starts, it's much easier not to false start when you don't have someone across the field from you you're much worried about as far as being able to block. Whereas against like a Utah, for example, you have a Van Van Fillinger. He's going to cause problems, and that might cause you to just tweak a little bit more, think I've got to get this step first, and that can cause it. So although it's nice to see against McNeese State, that is something I'm hoping to see a little bit more of as we move forward because, again, I believe it's easier to do it against an overmatched opponent than necessarily a, against a competitive one, but it is a good first step. Now we just have to show the continuing steps this week as Tennessee comes to town. For the offense, I did say we need to work on the run game and the downfield passing game. The running game, we definitely did a good job 
working on for sure. I mean, we had counting it up. We had 51 runs for 327 yards. Our main three running backs, Montreal Johnson, Trevor Etienne, and Trown Webb, all had 10-plus carries. Johnson and Etienne averaged over 7.5 yards per carry. Webb averaged 5.1 yards per carry. I think some of that is Johnson and Etienne had all their carries beyond some of the top offensive lines. There were some mixing and matching. I know one of the last uh, drives of the first half, if not the last drive of the first half, we actually had... Hudson at right tackle and we moved George over to left tackle and Barber was sitting on the side. Not saying that it's got anything to do with, you know, whether the guys can play or not, or if we're changing it. No, I think it was is getting people reps at different positions and we're doing it early and often, but with all that, you know, switching up Trey on web played beyond some backups and still averaged five yards per carry. He did play some of the starters. So that was good seeing that from him. Each of them got at least one touchdown with Johnson and Trown Webb having two. And with that said, line blocked well. I believe they should block well against an overmatch opponent like the Cowboys. Whether or not we see that going forward will be a question, but it was, again, a good step forward. I'm trying not to overreact in the positive and get my expectations too high based on a team that got blown out by Tarleton State the week before we played them. And again, that's not to downplay anything we did. 49-7, to great game. We scored on every offensive possession when we had all scholarship players. Again, things you want to see. You can't really ask for more than that. And our only touchdown given up, and we'll get to the defense, of course, was when the offense with a bunch of backups in, had a fumble and put the defense in a bad position. But I'd give our offense an A overall. Going to the second thing I wanted to see against McNeese State was working on the downfield passing game. We saw some of that, but not too, too much. 10 of the 17 passes thrown by Graham Mertz were no more than three, four yards down the field. And I believe eight of those 10 were behind the line of scrimmage or at the line of scrimmage. So I really can't tell you what we got. Like I said in the pre, in my preview, I wanted to see like maybe the begins a quick passing game because when you have the overmatched opponent, that's the time to me to work kinks, uh, you know, in the game like that out work, um, you know. So if you have mistakes, maybe it's against a team that won't make you pay for them and kind of get it there. It was great to see guys like. Pearsall and Wilson getting screens and then being able to take them, you know, a decent amount. I believe Wilson's longest was 12 yards. Of course, Pearsall had a few where he cut up and went. He did get a long touchdown, 50-yard touchdown, and that was very nice. Um, I mean, again, 10 of our 14 completions were screens. That is something that I'm not sure if we can do going forward. Yes, I know that back during Zook's days, we did beat Georgia with a bunch of screens. I just don't think we're going to be able to screen a bunch of teams to death. So I'm curious about it going forward. Graham Merce down the field, overall pretty good. I mean, his completions were 14 of 17 of his three incompletions. He had one that was just missed on a long, deep ball. It happens. He had the other two were arguably should have been catches. I think that the Ricky Pearsall one was 
debatable whether it could have been caught or not. He did a good job getting his hands on it, but I'm not sure if it was in a place he could come down with it. And Xander should have had the pass, albeit it was high, but he should have had the pass in the end zone for the touchdown. Graham Mertz, again, did pretty well. I just want to see more in this passing game than trying to screen teams to death, especially against overmatched opponents. Because if teams adjust to our defense just or our offense just running screens, I'm curious to what we're going to do because it may not always work that well. I understand why we do it, and that's to empty out some of the box, have people go wide so maybe we can create more running room. That is the theory. But again, as defenses have evolved over the years, I'm not sure if we can screen to death while running of the middle. We will see. Again, think this game was great. I'm not trying to say anything bad about it. I'm just saying I wish we would have seen more down the field working that intermediate routes as well, not just a quick passing game. We did have a nice corner route thrown to thrown to um, Pearsall. Pearsall did have a nice catch on the sideline early in the game where he caught the ball, hung on to it after getting hit almost immediately. So good things there. Definitely a good game for Pearsall. Six catches, 123 yards, and of course the 50-yard touchdown pat or reception. And with that said, again, great job by the offense. I would give them an A plus again, as long as you had scholarship, mostly scholarship players. We were scoring on every drive, and I can't really say anything bad about scoring on every drive while we had the stars and stuff in. I wish we could have, you know, either gotten that two-point conversion or if we could have, you know, just made the first extra point. I remember a few years ago, 2018, when we or 2017, my bad, when we lost LSU because of a missed extra point, those one points could be the difference. Again, that's not really the offense, but it stems from the offense scoring the touchdown. Special teams needs to follow up with that point after. Or if we're in a position where we need two points, hopefully we can get it. I know we got it against Utah. Hopefully we'll get it going forward against any teams if it is necessary. And hopefully it won't be necessary, but you never know. Moving on to the defense. One thing I wanted to see was to pressure the QB. We definitely got pressure on the QB. However, we only got two sacks. I would attribute that to being a little bit more vanilla on defense, not quite as crazy, and also cycling through a lot more guys than we will probably see on any given day. And that's not a bad thing. It's a good thing to see lots of guys come through, lots of guys play well. But Scooby Williams and Princely Man Man, they did get their sacks. Great job by them. It was great seeing when Joaquin Jackson came in to make some good pass breakups. Also a great pass breakup we saw by Jaden Hill. Defense, again, overall did well. Yes, we gave up things like we gave up a 28-yard run or an eight, one 18-yard pass. But those things are going to happen from time to time, no matter who you're playing. But the fact that we held, you know, McNeese, again, it is McNeese. I'm not going to look past the opponent, but they only had 112 yards. I do want to also point out that this was going to be our most dominant victory over a cupcake as far as point spread. Well, A, had we made all the points we could have. I mean, we got a safety as well. 
But had we not given up that touchdown, and again, I give that more to the offense than I do the defense. But since 2018, when we beat Idaho, we have not handled a cupcake as much as we handled McNeese. And that for sure is something big. It would have been the biggest point spread since that Idaho game. And had we shut out, it would have been the biggest shutout, I think, since 2021, where we shut out Vandy, I believe, 45 to zero. And I think before that, UT Martin was a 45 to zero as a cupcake. But then there have been other cupcake games, of course, USF last year, uh, FAU a few years ago, Samford 2021, that weren't exactly blowouts like this was. So again, credit to this team for that. Credit to this defense for a really great game, doing a lot of shutdown work, getting a lot of guys reps because as I said in the preseason, as I said in the preview, every rep that you're getting these young guys, that's just helping prepare them for if someone goes down, helping them to get experience. And maybe that'll help them contribute further as we go into the season, as we get into the SEC season where it is going to be a lot more physical, where there's going to be a lot more demanding, and there are going to be inevitable injuries or guys getting banged up. It just is what it is. So it was a very good game to see, in my opinion, from that. Again, cycling through a ton of guys, guys gained a ton of reps. That wouldn't if this were Tennessee, you know, this past week. So great things there. Uh, there's not really too, too much I have to say about this game honestly we did what we needed to do there are things like working on intermediate downfield passing game quick passing game that i would have liked to see but i can't complain about what we did defense we got the pressure we showed solid fundamentals you know again great defensive play all around we got the young guys reps gators won 49 to 7 my pick was 52 to three which had we made our extra points it would have been 51 to seven or 51 to nothing so i'm happy that i was right on at least the number of scores we would have just maybe not the exact score with that said i'm still very happy with 49 to seven this was a again a good game by the team very happy with what we've done and i can't wait to see what we're gonna do going forward facing Tennessee this week. With that said, I really don't have much else, but I do look forward to coming back, doing the preview for Tennessee this week. Definitely, if you have not checked out, check out our YouTube page. If you listen on audio, if you have found us on YouTube, thank you for watching this far. Give us a subscribe, a like, definitely helps get us out to more people. And we'll try and do even more fun content. I uploaded some stuff from the games. I still have that Utah or pre, not just pregame Utah atmosphere stuff. I need to finish putting together and put on the page as some cool stuff. Just as an experience for that, I need to get some of our Gator stuff put together and have more of that, such as the won't back down in the dark. I put it on Twitter, didn't put it here. But then again, I did put things like the Gators taking the field and the first two bits of the season, I put that on YouTube. So definitely give those a check out. Like, share, subscribe, all of that stuff. And with that said, thank you everybody for listening. And as always, go Gators.